You're listening to It's All Dead, a podcast about the music we love and why we love it. I'm Kyle Hawk. Welcome to It's All Dead. Uh, welcome. Hi, I'm Kyle Hawk, editor-in-chief at itsalldead.com, and you are listening to our podcast. It is uh, coming towards the end of July here. Uh, summer is on its last leg, and... Uh, Makes me a little sad just because I love summer, but also makes me happy because I love fall. I like a lot of seasons, really all of them except winter. So, um, you know, but summer brings its own joys that kind of go away once fall arrives. And, and a lot of those for me specifically are related to music. And this being a music podcast, you can probably understand why I might be sad that summer is slowly coming to an end. But uh, that's not what we're going to talk about today. We are going to talk about something else, and we are going to talk about it with the help of Nadia. Hey. What's up? How's it going? Oh, pretty good. How about you? Good. Uh, life with a baby is makes it hard to like podcast in your house. Um, so like, my wife is out on a walk with said baby right now in hopes that we can record this podcast in that amount of time. So pressure's on. All right, let's get to it. Yeah, I guess we'll find <laughs> out. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been a it's been a cool summer so far uh, at It's All Dead. We've uh, hope you had a chance to check out our last uh, podcast. We had John from Trophy Eyes on, um, which was cool. And of course, he talked about the uh, Rockstar Energy Disrupt Festival that's going on right now. There's so many great tours going on. Um, I had the chance to see Carly Rae Jepsen uh, a couple weeks ago. That was actually my wife and I's first night out was going to see Carly Rae. It was incredible. I meant to write about it. I still haven't. I still might. I don't know. Nadia has been writing a lot of cool stuff, reviewing some albums, had some 10 year anniversaries coming along. Um, yeah. And we're just trying to keep the ball rolling. So that's, that's what is up with us. And, you know, we've, we talk about the type of podcast we're doing today. I always preface it with basically saying how much we love doing these and how much it seems like the people that listen to these podcasts like it when we do this. I still have yet to any, have anybody tell me that that is wrong. Um, we're ranking a band's discography today, and we are naming the top 10 songs of said band. And I always say when we do this, these are some of our best podcasts, just in terms of like the, you know, people downloading the podcast and listening to podcasts. They always do really well. Um, and sometimes the bands even like it. Uh, I always say they're good because it seems like they are. But if you're out there listening, like a regular listener to this podcast, and you're like, I don't like these, you know, you can say that. Now, if one person says it, we'll probably still do them. But if 20 people say it, you know, maybe we'll maybe we'll switch it up. I don't know. We like them. Do them you know? Yeah. You like them, Nadia, right? <laughs> I think they're great. Yeah. I don't know. They're fun. And uh, what what would actually be good? So if you listen to this podcast and you don't follow us on social media, please do. You can follow us on Twitter. It's underscore all underscore dead. Um, pretty easy to look us up. Also on Facebook, you can follow along. Um, but we would love to get suggestions. And, and we I've had people tell me this before. I, I wish there was a way to submit ideas for bands you could talk about. You actually can do that. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, like us on Facebook and tell us there. You can also email us. If you go to itsalldead.com, we've got a contact section. You'll find all of our emails there. You can email us and give us ideas because uh, we want to hear what bands that you want to hear us talk about. Um, obviously, today, as usual, uh, for this type of podcast, we are talking about a band that both of us love dearly, and that band is Isley. And Nadia, I feel like since you and I have known each other, we've been talking about doing this one. I don't know why it's taken so long, but here we are. 
I actually don't know. I think we talked about Say Anything, Amberlynn, Isley. We've talked about a few bands, um, but yeah. Yeah, Isley's definitely up top there. Yeah. Amberlynn was one of the first big ones we did. We finally got to Emory just recently, uh, Copeland. But yeah, Isley feels like a no-brainer. And I, I think the reason I've drug my feet on a little bit will become clear as we do this podcast and we share a little bit more about kind of our personal histories with the band. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into all that. But to be clear, this is a band that I absolutely adore. It's probably a top 10 band for me in my life. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, um, tell me a little bit how you came to know Isley. What was your first interaction with this band? Okay, so my first album was The Valley, which is from 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually just got the orange vinyl. I really love it. It's beautiful. Nice. Um, I got it on sale for some Equal Vision uh, thing, but whatever. So that was my first album that I definitely was really into. But the first song I heard, I'm pretty sure it was Telescope Eyes, which I feel like that might be a lot of people's story. Um, yeah. Like their first single, you know. Um, and I don't remember where I heard it, but I do remember the idea of like cool women rock, you know? Yeah. Um, we talk a lot about like female fronted bands and that's something obviously as a woman that's important to me. And that was just, Isley's been one of those like staple female rock bands for me that um, I like really look up to the girls in the band, whether they're there or not still, because a lot of them aren't. Um, and they're various side projects. So, Yeah. So this is another band. We kind of talked about this with Emery, where you kind of came on midway through their run and Isley's put out five uh, full length albums. So the Valley was their third. Did you go back and like retroactively get into room noises and combinations yes. or did you just, okay. Like, was that an immediate thing for you that of just kind of like checking out their older music? No, I kind of stuck with the Valley for a little while. Um, I, th- I feel like that's something I do a lot is that first album that I've gotten into. It, it takes me a little while to get past it. Um, but then I was around like when Currents was being released. And I remember when they, oops, I knocked my table, um, when they released um, the single Currents and then Drink the Water. And I was like really excited for that whole album. Um, but yeah, I feel like I just kind of went back gradually at some point. And as we'll talk about, I'm obsessed with all five albums. So yeah. And I, I, you know, we say this with a lot of the bands, I truly do enjoy all five of these albums. So, you know, I had to rank one last, but that doesn't mean that I don't like it. Um, you know, The Valley's an interesting album to be the first album you hear by mm-hmm. a band. I feel like it's probably, I'm, I'm going to reserve some of my feelings for that album till later. Um, but I think it's their most divisive album. I think amongst like- the fan base, it's the one that people either love or hate. Um and I understand that. Um, I, and I, so I think it's interesting that that was the one that drew you in. Like, what about it? Like, I know you talked about kind of having the, the female fronted band. Was there anything else like sonically about that album that caught your attention? I think just cause it was the first one. Um, I don't really know. I just feel like I love that album so much for a lot. I'm literally, I'm turning around and looking at it on my shelf. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> well, interestingly enough. Uh, so I've been collecting vinyl records, I guess, since that album came out 2011 i now have way more than an, any person should I, I, that's the dumb thing about vinyl is that like you get to a point where you literally can't listen to all of them ever and then it's like why that's did i buy all these books. but the the valley was the first vinyl album i ever bought 
Um, that was the one that kind of started my collection yeah. back in 2011. Um, okay. So for me, I think like a lot of people that were in college, kind of when this band was coming out, that's when I got into them. And so around 2004, 2005, they were like a buzz band. They were like one of, back when like college radio was still a thing. Like this was a band people were talking about. And it was one of those things, and this always seems to happen with those type of bands where they just kind of come out of nowhere and suddenly everybody's into them. Um, I first heard Telescope Eyes. That was the first song I heard by them. And I can't remember. I almost want to say I heard it on Radio U, interestingly enough, because we, it's funny because I mentioned that. We mentioned them on the last uh, podcast like this we did with the Emory one. Um, But yeah, it was just one of those things where like suddenly like almost overnight it felt like all of your friends were listening to Isley and everybody had room noises or even those early EPs they'd put out. And so it was, it was crazy because like they come out of nowhere, they're opening up for Coldplay who at the time was like one of the biggest bands on the planet. I mean, they still are, but it it just, it was almost, it almost felt like, okay, this is just going to be the next thing. And the most interesting thing about this band to me, and I, it's just such a huge part of their narrative, is that it didn't really happen the way it looked like it was going to happen. If you go back 15 years ago, you would have thought that like Isley would be one of the biggest bands in the country. And it didn't really happen like that. You know, I mean, they started off immediately. They've got this family who's making music. They get this immediate major record label deal with Warner Brothers. They're getting on all these huge tours. And for whatever reason, they just remained a niche band. Um, you know, even as they were putting out a couple more albums, well, I mean, I guess Combinations was still on Warner Brothers. The Valley was supposed to be and then wasn't. Um, and then they kind of went back the indie route with Equal Vision. But that that to me, this is one of the all-time what-if bands. And I, and I don't even know what the what-if is other than what if they caught on as big as it looked like they would. And I've still, my my best estimation for why it didn't happen is it felt like maybe with this type of music, the sound of music they were making, they were like five years too late and five years too early. It's almost like when that moment for them happened, they were just a little bit outside of two different windows with that type of sound would have been huge. I almost I don't feel know, like they keep releasing know. a pretty odd, you know what I mean? Like yeah. almost just too soon but that's their style anyway is that kind of whimsical you know outdoorsy folksy feel um which they've obviously switched up a little bit but i just feel like they've always kind of been interested in doing their own thing which is probably one of the reasons why i really like them yeah for sure and that's one of so and and to be clear here they have a really strong pretty big fan base i mean they've been able to continue making music to this day even after having families and I mean, you know, they have a, a, that first album room noise has developed a really, I think solid fan base for them of people who are really into them. And I remember when combinations came out, it felt like, okay, now it's going to go to the next level. I remember they were on Conan and it just, for whatever reason, it just kind of stayed what it was. And I think, I think that the reason we're talking about them as one of our favorite bands is probably because of that, because I almost feel like, if they had broken big that maybe the output would have been not the type of thing that we like Um, just because of the way you see so many bands kind of get chewed up in the major label world. And they kind of did too, but not in such a way where they ever had to compromise the type of music they were creating. And I think that's what has made this band so good, ironically. And another reason I think is when I got into them and, you know, started listening to them, I was in my 
listen, you had one too, okay? You're, I'm listening to cool music and nobody else is. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I feel like, um, I don't even know where I was trying to go with that. Oh my gosh, I just totally lost my train of thought. Of course. Well, no, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. And this, this kind of was that band, like I say, especially in those early days, it just, it felt like a cool community of people that were all, yeah, like they even, were the cool college band at first. Yeah. Like even in 2011, they were still just under the radar enough where I felt like I was cool for listening to them, but also they did make genuinely good music. Yeah. So that's kind of what's kept me around. I feel like is the fact that they just keep like keep pumping out great music. And not to keep talking about the Valley, but it is going to come up a lot. <laughs> um, you know, and we'll both talk about kind of our personal feelings about that album, but the fact that we even have that album is almost beyond belief. I know. So they, they get signed to Warner brothers, release room noises, release combinations, record the Valley. And through a dispute with the label, they essentially, my understanding of it, I, I think the story is that Warner brothers didn't want to put that album out. They were like, this isn't going to work. You have to go back and do something different. And through whatever series of events, Isley is not only able to get out of their contract with Warner Brothers and sign elsewhere, but they were able to get the rights to that music. And that is not a normal thing. Like a lot of bands in that position, like that music just ends up locked away forever because mm -hmm. like what, what, what does Warner Brothers gain by giving over the rights of those songs so that right. somebody else can release it? And we it's just, just saw it with Taylor Swift. bizarre. So... Yeah, I and so I've never been able. I've I've always. It feels like this is a band like a, this family is like connected to a lot of people, and yeah. I don't know if that's part of it. But just the the very idea that they could get that the rights to those songs and then release them on another label is pretty incredible. So like we we should be thanking our lucky stars that we are able to listen to the Valley because I think there's a scenario in which that album never gets heard by anybody. So. Well, not to mention the lyrical content of that whole album is mm -hmm. inspired by such an interesting series of events. So on that note, I will go ahead and dive into, uh, I'm going to do my rankings, but before I do that, I'm going to talk about that because the Valley is one of the most important albums to me um, just in life. And the reason for that is um, I went through a divorce in uh you know 2010 and uh kind of became officially to an end uh in terms of paperwork in 2011 and i have never in my life heard an album in which i felt like the words that were being said like i wrote them not that mm -hmm. i would be like some great songwriter but the valley is largely written um about all of their respective experiences but i think mostly related to Sherry's, uh, the end of her marriage with Chad Gilbert. And Sherry and I's experiences, from what I can tell through the story that she tells in this album, are so similar that even to this day, even before this podcast, I don't listen to The Valley very often because I almost can't because it's that, it goes, it cuts that deep in me. Like even listening today, I was like, I cannot believe these songs exist because this is literally what I was going through. And now you could say like, well, yeah, divorce sucks. And so obviously songs about going through that and the pain of that are going to resonate if you understand it. So I, I get that. But um, so I guess it's one of those things, if you've had that experience and you hear these songs, it's a very, very deep, meaningful thing. Um, so that uh, is kind of my story with the Valley. And uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of why I'm going to speak as highly of it as I do, I guess. Yeah. 
Can I just say that I hate Chad Gilbert's guts? <laughs> yeah, I mean you're Every you're not the only one. Thing I hear about that guy makes me just want to punch him in the face. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Um, Listen, without that, we wouldn't have had the valley. So that's true. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, there's you know, it, it's one of those things where like this. It was an album that helped me process was extremely therapeutic to me. Um, you know, I don't live with hard feelings anymore. It's just, you know, time passes and things move on, but it was a, it was a time that helped me get through something just to feel like somebody else knew what it felt like. And somebody else was able to express that. Yeah. I think that was a really meaningful thing. So that being said, let's rank them. Let's All rank right. the albums. I'm All right? so emotional about this. Yeah. Uh, you want me to go first? Sure. Okay. Uh, this was hard. And even like right before I pressed record, I told you I changed one. So <laughs> I'm still, I'm still not a hundred percent sure I've got it right, but it's, it, that's only because there's no clear last place album to me, I guess. Well, I think there is, but in the middle, it kind of, I could switch them around and be okay with it. But here we go. Number five, I put currents. Um, and it, that was hard because like that album might be like in terms of the theme that they're, playing with like the most cohesive in yes. that sense like it's it's all about like water and i think it's their best so i you know and I, i'll hear the argument for it i mean it's it's really really well done just in terms of the way they constructed it the reason it's in last place is because it's the one i revisit the least i think um and because there's some songs that just don't some of it's there's some boring songs i think um and you know even though the theme is cohesive, they kind of like swing and miss a little bit. And I attribute that to being like them coming to an end as like the unit that right. they were, you yeah, know, definitely. I mean, this was the last album to feature all three of the sisters. And, um, I think you can just feel it kind of winding down on that album, but yeah. still great. A lot of good songs there. Uh, number four, I did. I'm only dreaming. Um, I love this album when it came out. I still do. I haven't revisited as much as I hoped or as much as I expected that I would, but I've been going back to it recently and it's just, it's so great. I mean, it seemed like it would be hard for this band to continue without the dynamics of, you know, Stacy and Sherry and Chantel, mm -hmm. but like Sherry just is an incredible artist and she's one of my favorite singers. Um, and she really holds her own on that album. Number three is Combinations. Uh, combinations and I'm only dreaming are the ones I rearranged at the last second. So I'm still not totally convinced, but combinations, I just bought it when it came out. I was so in love with it. I, it's the, got the best. Yeah. I think it's got the best opening track of any, uh, of any of their albums. I love the way this album starts. Um, now there's a few kind of weak spots in the middle, but overall, again, kind of the theme they're drawing on there is like really unique. It's not as obvious as currents, but it's still kind of cool. Uh, number two is Room Noises. Um, it's just a beautiful album. It's kind of the, it's the album that I think so many people fell in love with and so many people wanted them to keep writing. And for people that hated the Valley, it was like, geez, why you get, get all sad and serious? Why can't it just be all fairy tales and magic anymore? It's like, well, because <laughs> people get older and life happens, you know, like I, the, the idea that people held them to the standard of like, you should do that again, I think was kind of unfair. Especially um, if those, you knew what those songs were about, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so much of Room Noises is just innocent, beautiful. It's got some of the best harmonies they've ever done, um, especially on tracks where like all three of them 
uh, Stacy Sherry and Chantel are all singing. It's just, man, it's just, there's no weak songs on that album, in my opinion. Um, but even so, number one has to be The Valley for all the mean reasons I mentioned before. And on top of the fact that it's a really good album. I think they, they take some unexpected chances. It's a little bit grittier, a little more raw. And I think that fits the subject matter. Um, it's like they were able to keep that they were able to keep the things that made them sound magical, but they did it in a way that captured the pain that they were feeling at the time. And I think that is pretty hard to pull off. And they, they definitely did on that album. So um, just all the way around, I'm a huge advocate for it. Really love it. Still frustrated that my pop matters review that I wrote got its score bumped down. I gave it a nine out of 10. And when it went live, it was like changed to eight out of 10. So gosh, darn it. Still, if you ever looked that review up, just know I gave it actually a nine out of ten, but that that score got changed on me. So there you go. That's my rankings. Okay. Do you, to, do you want to do your songs first, or? Uh, no, do your albums, okay. and we'll go to songs. And again, I just have to preface this again that none of these albums for me belong at really number four or number five. Um, I feel like they definitely all tie in my top three. Um, So let's start. Number five is combinations. Literally five and four have no reason for the, like why they're at five and four. It just, I had to put something there. Um, So here's how last night when I was, I literally texted Kyle. I was like, this is agonizing. So when I was agonizing over these two rankings, I, looked at my list of my top 10 songs and I looked at the the album listings and I counted each, uh, uh, like each of the tracks that I liked and disliked from the album. And that is how I based my albums because there was no other way to do it. So I like it. So for combinations, I liked, let me think either nine out of 12 or seven out of 10, whatever it was. So I liked three, like I disliked three, out of the whole group, you know, whatever. So that's kind of how I ranked it. I know okay. it's, a little, it's a little ridiculous. I, you do what you got to do. Okay. No, I think that's great. So, I, that's five a, is five. Yeah. You've got an algorithm now that works. Yeah. And room noises is number four. Mm. But the thing is they scored the same. I disliked three from each album and not even really disliked. I just, when I'm listening to it, I'm more apt to skip them. Let me think okay. about what those would have been. Um, but yeah, so that's why I did that. I didn't want to do it, but that was the best that I could find. Like, I don't like, like on combinations, I could skip the last three songs. I, I, I could stop at 10 Cent Blues at number seven and just be yeah. fine with that album the way it is. Yeah, um, I can see that. You know what I mean? So whatever. So number five, number four is Room Noises. Again, no reason. Has to be somewhere. Um, three is I'm Only Dreaming. I really loved that album when it came out. I think the fact that Sherry could almost like only draw on her own experiences with this album, like kind of endears it to me because I follow her whole family, like dynamic on Instagram and everything. I love their family. I love the way that they are raising their kids. And this, like that really comes through in this album. There's a couple songs she writes for her girls. There's a song that she sings with Max. Like, I just feel like it's the beat, like the Dupree Bemis family album. Um, yeah, absolutely. Two is Currents, just because of exactly what you said. It's so cohesive. They said, let's make an album about 
water and they literally did it. You know, some, some bands will pick a theme yep. and it'll just, it'll be just there enough. But Isley decided that they were going to like really run with it. And not to mention this was self-produced in like Sherry's house. So the fact that they were able to just make that album all by themselves and still make it as rich as they did is really impressive to me. Yeah. I mean, the, what yeah. that album has going for it is that like, not only is it lyrically thematic but like sonically it's sound like everything yeah. is built around this it's idea ridiculous. of water and you can hear it it's just incredible it is so good as soon as that that first couple of notes and drink the water it sounds like you're underwater and then like the yep. song starts as you're coming out from underwater yep i just I love, love it Isley. i just love Isley. okay so and then number one is the valley which i'm sure everybody would have noticed um just because i think it was number one and it scored 11 out of 11 of my of my ranking. Nice. So, Perfect. Yeah. There are times when I'll skip, like, please, I feel like. But mm. it's just based on mood. That's like that not, one. like, every time I'm just going to skip this one. I think Oxygen Mask would be my track to skip. See, I love Oxygen Mask. Yeah. I love the way that they, like, made that sound. And not that I'm advocating for any song to be removed right, from the valley. Because, like... It was like, uh, I think it was May. That album came out in April 2011. And then in May, I drove down to Nashville to see them play a show. And they played the entire album. And it was like, again, therapeutic on a level that I, there was no air conditioning or movement in this. Like the air conditioning was broken. It's the hottest I've ever been at a show. But it was so, it just felt like a release of all of these things that I needed to let go of. And yeah, it was beautiful. Mm. Cool. Well, we both have the same number one album. Is that? Have we done that before? Has that ever happened? No, I don't think so. Wow. Congrats to us. We right? did. I think we've swapped like one and two for the most part. Each do time. people want us to disagree or do they like it when we agree? I don't know. I don't know. We kind of, we shook it up a little bit in the, in the top four. So the top yeah. ones can be fine. Cool. All right. Uh, very good. Um, again, yeah, I think we both feel the same about this. There's no clear like last place finisher. No way. You know, you could reshuffle these and I would hear an argument for just about any of them. So, um, okay, let's do songs. So we do our top 10 and I've done mine a little bit different this time. I mean, I've got 10 songs, but what I wanted to focus on is something we haven't really talked about yet on this podcast. And that's lyrically, this band is incredible. Mm -hmm. Like I would get multiple lyrics (laughs) from Isley tattooed, like on my body. I love it. I love their just the songwriting so much uh, from a lyrical perspective. So I'm going to share my top 10 and then share my favorite uh, line from each of the songs. You should have told me. Yeah, I, it was last minute. I, I should have. Lame. Um, yeah. Um, boo. Shame <laughs> on me. Um, so I usually start with an honorable mention because I can never totally narrow down to 10. But my honorable mention this time is the song Combinations from Combinations. And it, while it's not like a top 10 song for me, it is super meaningful because it is the uh, my wife and I's first dance at our wedding was to that song. And I think that just lyrically, it was a song that kind of was, I think we both identified with in terms of our relationship. And it was just, it was a cool, cool thing. And I'll always have fond memories of that song because of that. Um, so yeah, top 10. Here we go. Number 10 is Currents, uh, and it's the only song from that album that I put on here. Thought about putting Drink the Water and Save My Soul, but um, went with Currents. 
Um, and then my line is, I would part the waters if you said so. I would shift the currents if you had to row. And it's the opening lines from that song and that album. And it's just so beautiful. I mean, Stacy sounds like some sort of like underwater goddess or something. Just the way she delivers like her lines on that song is just beautiful. Um, and yeah, again, just the thematic nature of the whole thing. It's just so cool. Uh, number nine is defeatist. And the line is, I let my head hang down before I even see a truth that's plain as day staring back at me. I'm a defeatist, but I don't have to be. And that is a line that hits me right in the feels because that is very much uh, something I identify with. So um, cool song. That was the first single they released from I'm Only Dreaming and still love that song. Uh, Number eight is Smarter, and the line is very personal. If I had one wish, it's that we had danced more at that apocryphal wedding. It's just one of those lines that like, I just feel like you can hear it, but then if you've been there, it just digs in that much deeper. Um, and the whole idea of that song, I'm, I'm smarter than you think. Like, it's just, man, that's a good song. These are all such good songs. This is crazy. Like, I could almost go through every Isley song and say I gotta tell like, you, our list is not the same at all so far. Yeah, and that doesn't surprise me. Um, I feel like we may have totally there might be a cup at least one crossover but i'm gonna say at least one but i don't know which one it is uh number seven is always wrong it's opening track from i'm only dreaming whisper my name i will find you i will fly just the way sherry sings that it's just so you know from to listen the valley and then listen to i'm only dreaming and just hearing those words about her relationship with max and how honest it feels like even the hard stuff it's just it's really beautiful um and I, I love that album for just how transparent it feels. Number six is Lost at Sea. Uh, and the line is, I'm not so afraid, lost at sea as I should be. It's one of those songs on Room Noises that feels like it sounds sad to listen to the lyrics, but it feels whimsical. Um, and that was something they pulled off like with a plum on that debut album. It's just crazy to think that. I mean, this this family that just starts this band and they were able to release that as their first album. It's just unbelievable. Uh, number five is Mr. Moon. And I could pick almost this this song, like every line. <laughs> but the one I picked is There I Sat Alone in My Car, The Weight of What You've Done All Around Me. Um, and then the, I'm trying to think of the line that follows it. But essentially, and with the water rushing down my face was all that I could do not to scream. And I've li- I lived that moment. <laughs> so when I was hearing that song, I was like, oh my God, how is this possible? Somebody's like writing was like somebody watching me during all of this and writing songs about it. Um, Yeah. That, that song is probably more painful for me than any of them, just in terms of like having been there. Uh, Sorry if I'm getting too personal on this, but I can't help it sometimes. Uh, Number four is invasion. Um, This one is probably the one song on here. That's not about the lyrics for me. It's just about the feel and sound of the song so cool it, it kind of harkens back to that first album where it's kind of whimsical talking about an alien invasion uh you don't have to know the truth but if you believe it i believe it too um just kind of a kind of a cool song and i love seeing them perform it live number three is brightly wound i think the line here is pretty obvious from the chorus i shall never grow up make believe is much too fun it's like if you were to pick a line from Isley's early days that kind of encapsulated what that band was about, I think that's the line. And it's just one of those songs I listen to now. And it reminds me to like still embrace some of those things from my youth that feel like they're gone. Number two is many funerals. Um, again, I think I mentioned, this is my favorite opening track of any Isley uh, album. Now in this wicked world, risk I bold endeavors by and by that's just, 
some damn good writing folks <laughs> great job to to sherry and the team but that song rocks and again you're opening this album basically talking about like hey everybody you love dies including yourself so what are you going to do about it and that's a that's a tough topic to tackle on track one but they take it on and it's a really good song and it's kind of like one of the rockier songs too so i like that mm -hmm. and the number one is better love um again another song i could pick almost every line from i've got um you're so brave now i can brave myself and again it's a it's a hopeful song on an album that is all about processing this terrible thing that happened and this is the song that feels like it looks forward and says i can get through this she and wrote that me, one about max mm, yeah so i think that makes total sense yeah um and yeah that song just i love the pacing of it um, I love the melody. I love the words. It's just all around. It's my favorite Isley song. So there you go. There are my 10. Did we have a single one? Yes, we did. We had one. Ooh. All right. Here we go. Okay. Give it to me. So 10 is Brightest Fire, which is the last song from I'm Only Dreaming. Mm -hmm. um, again, I, I love that album for all of the reasons that I stated, but each song has just like, just enough, like, special things about it that just makes each one you know special it's just there's just yeah. special songs um nine is come clean but from combinations oh you know what i didn't do my yeah. honorable mentions it's just the rest of their songs that's the problem that's why i didn't <laughs> so i started yeah. my top 10 list with 41 songs it's unbelievable and then i dropped it down to 19 and then i cried legitimately <laughs> cried bringing yeah. it down to 10 <laughs> it's emotional so I had to delete. I was like, "Sure, what do folks. I do?" And he was like, "You just got to do it." And I was like, "Okay, <laughs> it's awful. He has no help at all. He doesn't really listen to Isley that much." Um, oh, you know what? Cool story. Before I get to number eight, so Jeremiah liked "Say Anything," and I liked mm -hmm. Isley, and we introduced yeah. each other to "Say Anything" and Isley. That is pretty cool. Thank you. I know. Right? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So he actually um, he went to a "Say Anything" show. And that's, the, he was like, don't, don't listen to them. He sings really rude songs. And I was like, well, then why are you listening to him? Whatever. <laughs> I'm actually a bigger Say Anything fan than he is now. Um, wow. He's not a bigger Isley fan than I am. I love Isley. Okay. But okay. So eight is plenty of paper. And when I saw them live, they played this song and it was awesome. It was like so fun. When did um, you see them live? So they, oh my gosh, when did I see them live? They opened for... They opened for a band called The Deer Hunter. I don't know if you've ever looked yeah. into them. So they I have. What's weird is The Deer Hunter came to Providence. Um, and they were like, this is our last tour. We're all done. And now they just keep releasing albums. They kind of pulled a Coldplay. Um, <laughs> but whatever. They're also a really fun band. And like kind of on the same vein as Isley, but right. a little different. Like I feel like Isley kind of stays in like almost like a forest nymph kind of deal. And yeah. the deer hunter is more of like that kind of carnival whimsy. Um, yeah. If that well, makes any sense at all. It does. And plenty of paper is a deep cut. Like, yeah. I'm, isn't it that's fun? amazing. They I played that love live. that song. Um, cool. Seven is 10 cent blues, which is another one they played. Um, yeah. That's from combination. I love that. It kind of departs from their style. Almost. It's like almost a country song, not to get all yeehaw on you guys, but I, I, I feel like you got to see them at a show where they played all the stuff they never play. Because I've seen this band a lot. And Listen, they've never played either of those up, songs. Actually, let me pull up my 
I make set list playlists when I go to a show. Um, and I have the Isley set list. Let me pull it up because it was super good. Well, as you do, keep rolling through here. Yeah. So, so, so you six had number is seven. Watch it die. Oh, no. Se- yep. Okay. Seven is Tencent Blues. Six is Watch It Die from the Valley. And for the Valley being my top song, um, this is the only one from the Valley in my list. And mm, the, interesting. Again, there's no reason for that, I guess. I just, as I was looking at their entire discography, some of it just kind of, you know. Okay. I don't know. Picked it out. All right. So five is Shelter from Currents. I really wanted to use that as our first dance song, but I picked a song that Jeremiah loved. Um, okay. Yeah, Shelter is a great song. Yeah. So their set list was Mr. Moon. They opened with Mr. Moon. Um, Plenty of Paper, Drink the Water, Invasion, Golly Sandra, which is definitely an honorable mention. I yeah. love Golly Sandra. Defeated, which hadn't come out yet. Ooh. Um, they were like, we're going to play a new song. And I was like, rad. And they actually played Louder Than a Lion, too, if I remember. Um, oh, interesting. Brightly Wound, Smarter, and then they ended with Shelter. And it was so good. It was That's so cool. good. It's um, a good set. I know. It was a great set. All right, so four is Millstone from Currents. And the reason for that is because this is one of the only songs that Chantel sings by herself. Um, Yeah. It's still one of my favorite songs just in general, but I love the fact that that it's just Chantel and she just gets to, like, shine on this song. Um, Three is Laugh It Off from the Deep Space EP. I don't know if you ever listened Mm, to that. So here's the story about that is the first piece of Isley music I owned was the Deep Space EP because they gave it away for free on Noise Trade. Ah, so interesting. I really always have liked the Deep Space EP. So they, they released it right before The Valley, I think. Either right uh, before after. or right after. Yeah, oh no, yeah. after. That makes sense to me. Um, So yeah, it's always been one of my favorite like side Isley things just because of the way that they kind of even... With the idea being deep space, it still sounds like you're in space. You know, like, I almost feel like they were in the middle of maybe, like, we could write a space album, and then they decided to write a water album. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yep, that's pretty much it. Yeah, so that's one of my favorite EPs. Two is You Are Mine from I'm Only Dreaming. And actually, since I've, like, gotten married myself, that song has always, like, been a little bit more special. And it's another Mm -hmm. one I kind of wanted to play at my wedding. It's not quite a first dance song, but... um, it's just kind of about how marriage is hard sometimes, folks. Yeah, I like you that still one. love each other through it. So, And then my number one is Brightly Wound from Rune Noise. Nice. And I did not see that coming. No, I didn't see half of yours coming either. But the thing is, they have so many songs. That's the problem. It was kind of the same deal with Emery. They have so how did, why songs. did Brightly Wound land at number one for you? I've always loved that song. It's just, um, it kind of reminds me of... I, I am one of six, but for a long time, I was the oldest of four. Um, and my mom homeschooled the four of us. And so I was with my siblings like all the time. And we were always like spending time together. And it was really nice. And that's just kind of brings back some of those memories of just being yeah. together all the time. That's cool. I feel like Brightly Wound and Golly Sandra are like fan favorites. So know? good. Um, Both of them Like the so casual good. fan wouldn't know them. But if you love Isley, like you just love those songs. So, And as you were talking... Oh, it was ahead. so hard. It was so hard to do this because I love all of them. Yeah. So hard. 
And I realized as you were talking that I left one off the list. I completely forgot about one of my favorite Isley songs to put on here. And the reason I forgot is because it is on a compilation Christmas album, and it's called The Winter Song. Um, I'm not sure if you've oh, heard no, the that one, one they did with the main, right? Uh, is that the one? Mm, nope. They did one with the main. And and they've done a lot of Christmas stuff because they put out like two different Christmas albums. Mm-hmm. But in 2005 or six, Tooth and Nail Records used to do this uh, Christmas compilation. Oh my gosh! So volume it was four one of, of it. the Tooth and Nail Christmas ones. Yeah, it's uh, Happy Christmas Volume Four. It's track four winter song and it's my favorite song to play around christmas time it's not like christmas specific it's just talking about walking outside in the winter with the snow falling down and it's just it's just incredible i don't know how i forgot that so now i have to i'd probably put that one which one will are you gonna kick off how are you gonna do that well i have to kick currents off because that would fall out so i would probably put it at number four and push invasion down to number Mm. five so Mm. all right um so I want to talk about a couple more thoughts. I want to talk about seeing the band live and stuff. Um, but before that, so I've seen them live several times. But one thing that I, I want to bring up is, you know, through the years, I've had the opportunity to interview a lot of my favorite bands. I mean, I've been fortunate in that regard of just how many different musicians I love that I've been able to do interviews with. And, you know, one thing you find out pretty quickly is that people are just people. And most of these, most of the times when you're interviewing somebody, like you're interrupting their day because they're in the middle of a tour, they're tired, they're whatever. Um, Sometimes people act like jerks and you just have to chalk that up to like, maybe they were in a bad mood or maybe they don't like doing interviews. Sometimes people are, you can tell they're just doing it because they have to get through it. Um, You know, most of the time it's fine, but like Sometimes you just feel like, uh, I I can tell they're not into this or this person is just being an ass. Isley, um, in 2012, I had the chance to interview them uh, while they were on tour. And I met with Sherry, Stacy, and Chantel. And we did a group interview and I did this big feature for Pop Matters, which is still one of my favorite things I've ever written. They were genuinely like the sweetest uh, of all of the bands, all of the people I've done interviews with they were by far the most kind, generous, sweet people. Um, And I say that because you might listen to their music or read interviews or see videos and get the impression that they are. They actually are. They're that genuine and kind. And it's just, I have to say that because I think it's worth mentioning. How can you write music like that and be rude? You can't. Yeah. So yeah, thanks Thanks, Isley, for being cool. Um, you know, I had a, Garen uh, was on the podcast a couple years ago, I think. And, you know, it's just a it's a cool family, a cool group of people. Um, we've, you know, early on with It's All Dead, we did an interview with Christy Dupree. We haven't talked about Merriment, but it's kind of like an offshoot band of like younger Merriment. siblings in the Dupree family. They I only put out one them. album, but I loved it. Um, I feel like nobody ever talks about it. But um, People so, yeah. talk about it. But this is just a fun band live. I've I've enjoyed them every single time I've seen them. So when you saw them, was it had the band kind of shrunk down already? Or let me think. So Christy was there. Um, oh my gosh. So it was Sherry, Garen, Christy. I don't know. I don't remember who was on drums. Um, and 
funny story is I list, actually listened to you. I used to listen to a band called Poema. I don't know if you've ever listened to them. They're on Tuesday Nail for a hot minute in like 2015 or whatever. Um, two sisters, again, kind of like same deal, but I guess they like kind of grew up with them maybe. I can't really remember how they met. Yeah, but there is way, a connection there. Yeah, so either way, they're the older daughter, maybe younger, I can't even remember, whatever. L plays guitar for them or used to for touring. That's right. I He's actually with that. Maggie Rogers now. Um, yeah. I like follow her because I, I have always loved her. Um, I loved their music. I'm a really big fan of like family acts. Um, yeah. I mean, how can you really, not love it? It's just really good. The harmonies sound better. Like it's just primo. So yeah. Um, so it was like seeing two cool bands in one night, like Isley, who I love and L from Poema, which like, it was just yeah that's awesome yeah so no i love them live i would actually love to see them live again i just don't know when they're coming back so uh what else are we missing with this band i I guess one thing i was thinking about is that you know it's kind of sherry's thing now um you know she and max are going on tour uh they've got uh you know the perma thing still going it feels like whenever sherry wants to keep creating music under the isley name she can do that and i wouldn't be Hmm. surprised if more comes i mean is that how it is that what it feels like to you i would say so only because she's pretty much the only one left um even on currents it says like in one of the things featuring merriment like christy wasn't really even around for currents she was doing her own thing um so i feel like it really this sounds like rude like it is the sherry show you know what i mean um, not to say that she's like the reason they broke up because I doubt it because they all seem to love each other. It's just things happen in life and you go different ways. Um, but I feel like Sherry's the one who's kind of been willing to keep it up. And I feel like I, I donated to their Kickstarter, um, that they did last year and they're going to like, there's going to be some say anything releases, some, mm, yeah. so they did the perma on that one. I wouldn't be surprised if there is another Isley album or at least maybe like an EP or something. Yeah, I I totally expect that we'll get more. And and I'm, you know, the more the better. You know, whenever it comes, however it yeah. comes, I think that, you know, Isley fans will enjoy it. Well, that's the thing. They've cool. got three kids now. You know, it's not just let's sit down and write a bunch of songs. Right, exactly. The fact that they've been able to continue it all is pretty astonishing. And do it the I way know. that they've done it um, with taking the family along. Yeah, um, literally, they feel like that's time to check everybody in the bus. Yeah, so okay. it, I think I've... I told the story at the front of that podcast with Garen, but we did that interview on their tour bus and there were just like stuffed animals and toys everywhere, <laughs> which I was like, this is so adorable. Like there's just kids on the road with them, like that's clearly great. living with them. And see, that's um, kind of one of the things I like about their family is they're a family, you know, it's not just mom and dad are on the road, living the dream. Like you go stay with grandma yeah. for two months, you know, they're all like, genuinely concerned with having like a correct prioritization of family life. Yeah. No kidding. A band that is deeply uh, rooted in this scene yet a band that, you know, never played warp tour, never toured really with the bands that you might expect them to. Um, They've had such a unique and fascinating career arc. And I'm so glad that we finally got to talk about it. So that's good. Hooray Isley. Um, Okay. Well, that does it for this round of uh, It's All Dead, uh, breaking down another band's discography. Again, if there are bands you would like to have us do this type of podcast for, 
please find us on social media and let us know uh, or come to itsalldead.com, check out our contact page and send us an email. Um, we will respond um, and we would love to hear from you. Um, and in that same vein, uh, if you like this podcast, please subscribe if you haven't already and please leave us a review uh, on Apple Podcasts. Really easy. Just open the app, look up It's All Dead, tap the fifth star if you would like. If you don't want to give it five stars, that's okay too, but we always like five-star reviews. So uh, that's going to do it for now. Another podcast in the books. So thank you so much for joining us. Nadia, thank you for taking time tonight to talk about Isley. Thank you for making me rip my soul out. <laughs> Anytime. All right, that will do it. You've been listening to It's All Dead. I'm Kyle Hawk, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the It's All Dead podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Then visit us at itsalldead.com for the latest music news, reviews, and much more. 